Hello, universe. This is Gold Podcast. I'm Les. And this is Doug. And we are genuinely out actively lifting society. Welcome, everybody, to the show today. Uh, we have a young man and his mother today who grew up on the north side of Minneapolis and has been a rising star ever since. Uh, started off playing football at North High, where he racked up uh, quite a few stats and was the highest rated corner uh, by 24-7 sports coming out of high school, won uh, defensive MVP honors in the All-Star game, and has gone on to have huge success with the Uni Panthers, being a true freshman starting, coming up with 74 tackles, I'm sorry, 77 tackles at 6'1", 195 pounds, six interceptions, and also made the AP All-American. We got <laughs> we got Miss Solana and her son Omar Brown. Welcome to the show, guys. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah. We're happy to be on the show today. Thank you all for making the time. So we're going to start out and get right into it and just have you guys give us a little background. What's your story, where you came from, and how you got into football? Well, I'm a native Northsider. Um, I grew up on the North Side with a very um, strong community, uh, kind of involved family. My grandmother was a strong figure on the North Side, um, a leader. She was the director of North Commons, Ruth Hawkins, um, all the time I was growing up. We bought, um, I actually, to be honest with you, Omar started in Hopkins. Um, I was a teenage mother. I graduated from North High School. I moved to Hopkins uh, to subsidize housing um, because that was um, where I felt was safe and where they had kind of, you know, the kind of places I wanted them to grow up in. Right. I didn't want them but concrete. So um, that was my choice there. I had um, Omar in fair school when we lived in Hopkins. Um, but Omar has been athletic since the second grade. Um, we actually signed a waiver for him to play football for, um, on a, this is an important team to mention, it's not Northside, but through a program called SWAFA that's actually in South Minneapolis. Jump around a little bit here. Go Sorry, ahead. guys. You're good. Um, so um, we started with him playing um, in South Minneapolis for a team called SWAFA. And it was his cousin that was a coach there named mm -hmm. um, Marvin Brown. And so he told us that, you know, even though Omar was small, because his dad, of course, all dads want their boys to play football. So this is when you can still sign waivers for kids to play football. <laughs> right. Okay. Get him waived and get approved for him to, you know, be able to play at a younger age. Right. And say we were okay with it. And so the first year, Omar just kind of learned. He was um, kind of new. And his his cousin was a relentless coach, even with young kids. Okay. You know, he was a hardcore. And he said, well, you'll know after the first hit. If he gets up, then he's good to go. If he doesn't get up, you know, football's not for him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got hit the first time. He laid there for a minute. Then he popped up. And then that was his first year, kind of his learning year. And then by the next year, Omar, for I think it was nine years, he led the team in like all the tackles, all the, you know, touchdowns. You know, he would get like six, seven touchdowns a game as like a park wow. board. You know, as the years progressed, he just continued to just always dominate and shine. Also, even though not many, I don't know if many people know this, he's a hell of a basketball player. Right. Um, he Howard Pulley, which is the top. AAU Nike Elite Basketball, the one of the only ones that are here in the Twin Cities um, oh, yeah. that have been around for like years. Yeah, he yep. he played all four years. Um, we only stopped in his senior year because it got to the point where 
we had to dedicate his time to football because that's where the offers were coming from. And the goal was to get a college scholarship. Right. So a D1 college. And we were pretty relentless about trying to reach that. So, yeah, that's I mean, I think that's probably one of the things to mention is when you come from um, uh, the inner city, we as young as young athletes or, you know, we have a little bit less income. We are always looking for some way to get a scholarship because that's that's the best way for us to be able to get a chance to get into school. And with as much as it costs nowadays (laughs) to make to make the payments to get in there. So so that's great. Well, and I Quite a sorry, quite a significant journey. You know, in the beginning, I didn't know a whole lot. I just knew he was really, really good. Yeah. You know, um, with both my kids, the type of parent I am is I don't push you to do what I want you to do. I kind of really try to be observant about what I see your emotional makeup is, what your, you know, physical, you know, I try to be a partner with you and what you want to spend your time on, whether you're five or whether you're, 50, you know, 20. Because right. I feel so we initially, the first trainer we had was a gentleman, um, and Scott um, was like kind of like a family friend to us. And he's a trainer, and he kind of let um, Omar, I think maybe this was maybe seventh grade, Omar? Yeah, his gym was in uh, North High School. Yeah. Okay. So he paid him like $50 a session hmm. versus suburb training was more like 180 a session. Right. I started that way and he let me pay him every time I got paid, you know? So I wasn't afraid to figure out how we was going to get it done. And as time progressed, we moved on to more elaborate trainers. Then it got to be where people wanted to, were dying to work with Omar. And then we finally met up in the end with a gentleman um, named Jaquel um, Hook from Potenza Sports. Okay. And he started working with Omar in the 10th grade through his senior year and three days a week. And he worked it out with me, the payment plan. And then in the end, he respected me, my drive, and Omar's work ethic so much that he wiped our training bill out. Wow. So we blessed wow. along the journey, too. That's right. That's beautiful. So as part of this journey, Omar, what was it like for you? Because you not only went to school and grew up in the not just the inner city, but the hood. Let's <laughs> keep it real. North Minneapolis is rough. We've all of us on this call have lived there or yep. been raised there or what have you. So with all of the negative temptations and peer pressure, uh, what was it like for you growing up in that environment and being able what kept you focused on your athleticism and everything else besides your queen of a mama who don't play. <laughs> well, uh, well, growing up, like, I, I kind of know everybody, like, over and over, like, all my friends, like, kind of like, like family now. So it's like, I know them, but like, like how my mom said, like, I played over softball, like, uh, with my cousin. I think, like, it was kind of, like, good for me because it just, like, it just separated myself from, like, my friends, growing up, I didn't play with none of my friends in park board or anything like like, like that. I was in the neighborhood. I, I wasn't playing with them. They're all playing with each other or right. other friends had different teams they were going to. But I just played over South by myself. By myself, basically, I didn't really know a lot of people. You know, I just, I don't know, I feel like that just made me, like, go harder. Like, when I were, uh, my cousin was the coach. He was he was real tough on us. I think that's where like I got that from like from him is just like keep going because we would always keep running and then 
even like after we'll be done, I was always just the kid who I just stayed after practice and did it. And it was not because like someone told me to, or I didn't learn it from somebody. It was just, just kind of like just in my brain. Like I just wanted to be like better than everybody. And I was always like, just so distant from everybody. I was just going hard doing what I wanted to do really. Cause this was the only thing I was doing was football. And I know I loved it. Nice. Sounds like you're kind of like, was it Kobe that always stayed later than the last person practicing just to be the best? And the, having that discipline and that drive um, is so powerful. Um, I, quite, I have kind of a follow-up question because I've seen this before with kids where especially when you're predominantly hanging out not in your neighborhood and not with your friends from the neighborhood – when you are with the people from the neighborhood and stuff, what I've noticed is a lot of times the people that might even be mixed up in the wrong side or what have you, they see that you're an athlete and that you're doing things. So they try to keep you out of that. Did you experience that at all? Or like where kind of older people kind of had your back as well? Like, nah, he's going places. You know what I'm saying? Did you have that experience at all? Or were you just kind of out of... All of that. I, I did have that experience, like, cause you know, I know a lot of people over here, you know, North Side, and like one of like a lot of my like real friends, they'll be like, we know you, like they just they know like already, like they don't really have to explain us, so they just tell me like, you know, you know, you shouldn't even be like being this, you know, just you know, we still, you know, we still love you, you know, we just you want you to do what you do, and it's it's obviously the same for me, like you know how how they want me to do good, it's like you know I want them to do good as well, like no matter what it is, because, you know, you can't judge nobody. Like, you know, my thing is football. You know, if they do what they do, like, you can't really judge nobody. You know, just as long as I just tell them, like, you know, I hope you all do well, you know, and everything. And they just, they know what I do, so they, it's the same thing back. Um, yeah, so when it came to your work ethic, what made you realize you really liked football and found it like a joy to the, that you wanted to work at it real hard because obviously you had a, you had a tougher coach. Some kids, when they have that tough coach like that, you get two two options: they either shut down or they res, they respond with a powerful action. So what what helped you uh, take joy in that and want to go harder? Just growing up, I knew I kind of knew I was different. Like you know, you just you just had that like you see you see who you play with, you see who, like how good you are, and, and like even like me going to camps. I think really showed it because, like, I would go to camps early, probably, like, my 10th grade, 9th grade summer, and I was kind of just doing it, like, for fun. I was, just, I was just playing for fun, like, and not, like, when I got older, I realized just just seeing things and how everything worked, I got to go way harder than kind of what I am because even if I think I'm going hard, just where I'm from, it's not it's, – it's hard to even get out of there. It's even hard to go to college. A lot of my friends, I know they're good. They still they're good in school and sports, but you know, still kind of don't have the opportunity just because you know, kind of living over north like the neighborhood. Just it just became like a a sequence. Like dog, like for a long time, a lot of kids in the inner city schools don't really have a chance to go D one. They do is it's kind of very limited. Me when I when I went to Hopkins at first, I kind of I wasn't really thinking about that until I got to North and people and they and people seem like. Uh, like when I started to give my offers, there's like, you know, it's good. Like you kind of like helping, you helping the school. And it like, it just came like more of a pinpoint on me, like at the time. Right. And then a lot of the 
younger kids seen seen that like, oh, he's he's getting attention, he's going hard like hard, you know. And, and now there's a lot of kids from the out of city schools that go to North. There's been plenty of school like, and it's kind of the same thing. And now people see like it's no difference. You just gotta mm. hard. It's no difference of going to just because you go to a suburb school doesn't mean you can't get an offer in a G1 school. So I'm right. honest with you guys, from a parent's perspective, my oldest, who's 24, he had a rough time at North. So even though pretty much my entire family for the last like two generations are North. Yeah. Hi, you know, because yeah. my ninth grader dealt with a lot of gang stuff. And that was in 2010, which was the year when they were going to close North. I snatched him out of there and put him in Hopkins because I had a family member that had Hopkins and Hopkins is known for sports. Right. Yeah. And I wanted Omar to get an opportunity. I really felt he was good, just equally as good in basketball as he was in football. I mean, I really felt that way. And so I wanted him to have the opportunity to play both and at the highest level. Right. But um, Omar had a pull to be with his community. We lived over North, but I sent him to school somewhere else outside of the community because I didn't have trust or faith that the hood was going to have my back. And I knew the kind of work it was going to take to do this. Right. From coaches, from the training, from the facility. A lot of the inner city schools just don't have the booster clubs like the suburban schools have to be able to support the players. Their coaches are working, plus they're coaching. You know, it's, it's a whole different thing. So I sent them to Hopkins with selfish reasons in mind that you're going to and so I didn't have faith. But then Omar, he his pull to go to North was so strong. He was like, why do I got to go to school outside of where I live at? I'm a Northsider, you know? Yeah. Right. And I said, I know, but oh, man. I mean, it was quite the decision in our family. He he, yeah. he wasn't at Hopkins, but for not even the whole first quarter. And he said, Mom, if I get my grades up to a B, will you please let me transfer to North? Aww. And I was kind of sick in my stomach only because... I remember some of the things I was exposed to 25 years ago when I was a student. And I'm right. worse, you know, but he brought his grades up. I went and talked to the coach because North's coach has been his, was his basketball coach all through when he was a little shaver, like from third or fourth grade up until like sixth or seventh. So OA, Charles <laughs> Adams, we had a relationship with him. So I actually went and toured the school and most people don't tour North, right? <laughs> right. I was like, no. It, this is the way it's got to be. So we toured, yeah. met with the athletic director, met with the coach, um, got the transfer paperwork signed so Omar could transfer without there being any sort of penalty for him playing. He had already played that football season with Hopkins, but um, we he was willing to accept that transferring could either be a blessing or it, it could be a, you know, a curse, you know, but he was willing to take that risk. So I had to take it with him. And so what year was that? His freshman year or what year? Beginning of his sophomore year. After football. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so when I came to North, I really knew that it meant I was going to have to work extra hard to make that the kind of program that I wanted it to be. So right. you know, we started doing, I got up with four or five other moms that I had already knew from the community, from other basketball programs and, and different things Omar was involved in. And we started team meals at the start of the season. Nice. Got a hold of um, all the foot. We came to the football meeting. It happens at the beginning of the year. Almost, I hate to say it, not a lot of parents show up to it, but we started it just by cooking, us moms. There was five of us moms and we started cooking like real meals, like spaghetti dinners with rolls. And, you know, then we got savvy and started getting donations, you know, from local different restaurants. Then we got some alumni. And um, before you knew it, we had whole families eating. And it created this community atmosphere for the players. 
for the families. So then more parents started coming to games, started feeling that school spirit. And um, I have to say, Omar was a really huge influence on a lot of the kids at North. They saw the way that I worked, the kind of camps. Um, they saw that we weren't afraid. A lot of times people think that people in the hood are so fearless, but there's also a lot of fear of the unknown. When all you know is the hood, it's scary to trying to reach outside of it. Right. Yes. Especially if you don't have a lot of support. So I was happy to really, you know, become close with a lot of those kids and give them my advice, give advice to their parents as best I could. Right. And that's actually what I was going to ask too is I feel like like you said it was 2010 that North High was going to close down. And so, and I feel like, you know, even just your story now about him coming back there and what you did with the moms and the teams, and that's what I was wanted to touch on exactly was the whole environment and atmosphere that you were able to provide for a school that was about to be closed down. All you hear about about that school is the negative. So it seems like you really brought life to that school, and it sounds like it was the family. It wasn't even just Omar's athletics. Vice president of the parent organization. So me. Say that again, hun, because you cut out. Say that one more time. Came the vice president of the parent organization when I came, when I brought Omar to North. So me right. and another mom, we had to pretty much revamp the entire parent organization because it didn't exist anymore. You know, yeah. it existed at different times throughout, you know, North's history. Because North had, you know, such a history of being such a strong school with strong support and parent involvement. And then, you know, due to the like a lot of the changes within the North side, you know, a lot of original mm-hmm. North siders have left. We have a lot of people that don't know the history of North or the North side yeah. legacy that it is for black people, you know, and really for all people, you know, that have have been able to use the North side as kind of a, a springboard, you know, yeah, to yes. To um, so, yeah, I became active in the parent org. I became active within the school board. I saw such disparities between the opportunities Omar had at Hopkins. He had laptops and iPads since he'd been in seventh grade. You get they have no technology. Nobody has technology. They get their homework on a half sheet of paper. If they need to use a computer, they got to go to the library. So imagine that disadvantage when you can't go home with your laptop to finish work or things like that. Hmm. So, you know, it just, it took a lot. It took a lot of working with the principal. It took a lot of going to meetings. It took a lot of just trying to change the culture of the way people think and the way that we support each other, going back to the way we used to do it. That's right. It and, takes a village. Yeah, yep, so. absolutely. And I want to touch on with that too, Solana. My understanding is during all of this, I know Big O has been around, but overall, you've been a single mom doing this, correct? Basically? I can't really say that. I'm just on my Okay. Omar's really always been with us and he's always been supportive, just like me. I just happen to um, lead the charge. I'm an athlete. So I'm really familiar with what it takes to get to where we were trying to go. And Omar just let me have, big Omar just let me have that, you know? Nice. He really, you're you're the, you're, you, you know, you're the one, you know, exactly what phone calls to make. You know, one of the first opportunities that Omar had was the Nike opening to really showcase himself on a national level. We didn't yeah. an invite. I sent Omar's film and all his stats to the guy who was the head of the DBs because mm. I knew he deserved it. And once he saw Omar's film, once he saw his stats, he wrote me back immediately and said, oh yeah, y'all's invited. So, <laughs> and then Omar there showed out there, ran a like four, five, eight, 40, 
And then we got noticed by Alan True, who's another recognized kind of sports writer nationally. And then we got invited that same evening. We had to drive the that night at one in the morning to Rivals because we got, or no, it was Under Armour. Mm-hmm. We got invited. We went straight from Nike to Under Armour. Omar had maybe four or five hours of sleep. We put him in a bathtub of ice so he could recover from like a seven hour day at Nike. And then we woke up in the middle of the night, drove him to um, Under Armour. He performed well there. And then he obtained his first offer as we were driving home for Indiana. Yeah, University of Indiana. So can you tell us about that process for people who don't even know how getting an offer and all of that works? When, what, basically what year in high school did you start seeing offers and how did they come about and stuff like that? I, I've been through camps like early, but you know, you, you can't get offers like, you know, in like ninth grade or 10th grade. So they really, they came in like junior, junior summer or, or junior year, I think. They just came from camps. It was it was kind of just going back to back with camps, just trying to see. And this was like I like even like my mom helped a lot. Just like the Nike opening, like I always all my life I always show her like videos of this, like us DBs what they do, like what camps it was. And like I just told her like I want to go to this camp, and you know it got a whole it got. I was way. I didn't want to go too early because I just felt like I, like I didn't want to just go just to go. Like I wanted to go to be recognized. Right. Mm-hmm. So I trained and all that, and I went with my mom. It's like one of the biggest camps. Like so, I did. And it was, I think I did real good. And they got like video of me after there and at the Under Armour camp, and he posted it. And it kind of just got a lot of attention. It wasn't, and I'm not even. I was never the type of guy like to be big-headed over, like, offers. I wasn't like that. I just – just one of my big things was just to get, like, a D1 scholarship. Like, D, it was kind of, spe- like, specifically for me, like, D1. I mean, Minnesota is tough. It's a tough place to get a, sc- a football scholarship. Yeah. People don't necessarily see great football players coming from Minnesota, especially not DBs. That's right. People think everybody fast comes from down south or – and even Minnesota overlooked them and missed out. Worrying about somebody in Florida or wherever they were worried about. No, let me stop. (laughs) You know, the recruiting process is hard. I ain't going to lie. As a parent, it's difficult. And as a child, trying to help your child get there, I pushed Omar to the max. I really did. You know, I put, I think the beginning of his 11th grade year, I got a new car. And I put like 12,000 miles on it. Wow. Because I would literally have Omar going, I basically researched what all are all these big kids getting offers doing? Yeah, because I knew that I had to pull him up out of here and get him recognized outside of. I had to go have him kick ass on cats that was five stars, and you know what I'm saying. Right. We needed to go and and do that. We pretty much talked about it, and he knew what the mission was. Right. If we want to get what we want to get, we got to go burn cats from wherever. And so we started on the camp circuit really early on. So I researched all camps. I saved for it, used my tax money, and you got to get invites to some of them. Um, so, so, like, my first football camp, it's crazy because my first two football camps were two, like, one was on, like, a Saturday, and then, like, the next one was, like, on a Monday. So this was probably, like, my ninth grade, some, like, ninth grade summer going into 10th grade. Because at the time, my, my dream schools were, like, UCLA and USC. Uh-huh. So, I, um went to those camps and I was very, I was, I was young, but you know, 
it, I was kind of nervous. I was nervous. This is my first time going against, you know, some of these kids were going to be juniors, like they're way older than me. Or I think just going to that, like it opened my eyes up to like a lot of things, like and how, you know, how camps work. Like, you know, they obviously have their eye on somebody before they come and stuff. And I knew nobody had my their eye on me, honestly. I, I knew that, like, I'm from Minnesota, I'm young. Just not a lot of people make it like make it. So I, I just kind of didn't care about none of that. I always been like that. Like I don't care who you are, how good you are at all. Like I don't care about none of that. I'm gonna play my game and I'm gonna try to beat you, no matter who <laughs> I have on my team. If I don't have nobody on my team, I'm still gonna try to beat you with me. I, I just like always worked harder and everything. Like in the camps, just showed me like if you're gonna make it, like you gotta go hard. And a lot of these kids that go to camps. They, they really don't have to perform. They're just there. And they already kind of already have an offer. Like, with me, I had to show it. So, never I went to a camp. Like, even when I got older and I started to get recognized at camps, it was because I went against the top guy and I did good against him. And he was the unknown. <laughs> well, and I think that's super important to point out, especially how you said the disparities between Hopkins and going to North and the fact that, Kids from Minnesota, especially from North High, are not going to get looked at at sports like some of these kids who have a shoe in or like you said, they've already they're going to the camps knowing somebody's there watching them and they're putting on, you know, the show for them and everything else. But they're basically got it on lock where you having to come in from where you're coming from, the struggle you've come from, you know, basically pretty much scraping pennies to even get to these camps and to do these things. And then on top of it, put in 10 times it's hard to work because you got to prove yourself. And so that's why for me, your story is such an inspiration. You know what I'm saying? Because it's literally one of those started from the bottom and now look where you're at. And I want to jump into with that freshman going into college. What happened? And can you explain to us pretty much your freshman year and your freshman career and how that went? Well, you ended up getting a you ended up getting a scholarship, right? And going. Yep, I did. I, I met this uh, this coach, Coach Pat McCann is his name. And uh, my my junior year, he was um, following one of our players on North as well, Taylor Johnson. He played football and basketball with me and. So basically, he wasn't kind of like, he knew who I was. They all knew who I was, you know, but they just weren't recruiting me yet because they really couldn't yet. And he was just watching me. He knew he knew what he wanted to do. So, like, he'll come to our basketball games. I've known this coach for, like, a long time before any other coaches because he came to basketball games. And this is past, like, this just become, like, a relationship. It's just, like, it's a relationship, just trying to get a relationship, to be honest. Like, he'll come to our games in Chicago for basketball. And he's a football coach. He's not even like he's just watching. He just enjoys watching Taylor and like this me. After the U of M camp, they they offered. I just like I just always had to listen with coach that coach, and he just helped me bring there. But my just going well going into college, you know everybody has that mindset like I want to play, I want to start, you know I want to play. I get this question a lot, like even in college, like like I I kind of just turn on something in my brain that made me just want to like, just really do it. Like, like go hard. I, it was just, I was on something different than everybody else. Like uh, during camp, it was really hard. It's my first time really doing camp. This is three, four weeks of camp. You're, you're waking up early, going to sleep late every day, like waking up at like five in the morning, having to go to lift, then being the, uh, the uh, film room for like 
three, four hours, then right after going straight to the field in the heat. My thing was just I always want to be in the be in the front, just be like be noticed by the coaches because they they know who I was. But you know, when you get to college, it doesn't matter. Like you know, you gotta it's whoever is the best is that's gonna play. So I I had to stay up late trying to study the plays. It was hundreds of plays, like just hundreds of things you had to learn. And when we get to film, he'll ask you and stuff. And I just want to like get better at that, like more more of a mental more than like a talent thing. Just getting getting smarter. And uh, I remember the uh, the first week, Coach uh, Coach Frawley, he put my name on the board to start that game. I just remember, like, it was crazy, like, the feeling. Like, and everybody seen it, like, in the, the whole team. And then, like, all the DBs, they was like, okay, Omar, like, they, like, they happy. They're like, okay, he, like, I'm, 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 like, happy, but, like, I'm like, I can't stop this. I'm. Aim against Iowa State, okay? And it just, I just, just turned something. I just wanted to. Do something different. Like, it's probably been other people that think like me, but I just, I don't know. I just feel like I was more hungry. It was just, it became personal. I wanted to, I wanted to start. No matter who was starting there, I wanted to, I, I knew I wanted to play. I knew I wanted to start. At you had a vision and went for and, it. Yeah, I didn't stop working for it at all. The opportunity came up and I just, I just feel like every game after every game, I just kept getting better because I just learned something new or I, I seen like just, I kind of adjusted to the game. I was I was young. I, I was little. I wasn't really that big playing corner this year at all. They just they kind of they just got me stronger and got me better and smarter. Even now, you know, I'm even during the corona and all that, we couldn't work out. I I made that a priority to work out. Now I do everything like I I work out. I don't tell people when I like. I just do my own thing. I'm not a person like who just wants to be seen or nothing. I'm just I just wants to get better. I just want to get better. Now I work with this dude named TJ. He a good, he a good trainer. He has me with my DB stuff because like kind of throughout my whole life, I never really had a trainer at my position. I never got taught like my position. I'm just kind of going off talent with my position. So now he helps me with position stuff. And now like, I feel like I'm better than ever. Like I've never been like this. Like I feel like I'm way better at my position now. So I want to say something because you brought up your mindset. And how you went in there as a freshman and you just, you had to be seen, you had, you want to be the best in it. To me, what I'm hearing from you, Omar, is you manifested all of this in your life. So to keep it real, you're manifesting this with your mindset and keeping that mindset of being the best and going after what you want. You will, I can promise you the universe is listening and you will manifest everything you go after in your life because you have it in your heart and in your soul. So I just have to speak on that part and let you know, because so many young people don't realize what that is. Sorry, Lana, what'd you say, babe? It's a lot. You know, you really have put some perspective on that because that really does mean and that, a lot. Yeah. You know, and that's just real talk through our experience in life and everything. Now, I want to go back because we did not say. So you ended up getting how many offers and what school did you choose? Because I don't think we even said that. I'm not sure that I don't remember the exact amount of offers I had, but I always had like a like mama a, knows <laughs> six. Yeah, and, uh, I chose you and I. You know, University of Northern Iowa. University of Northern Iowa. I, you know, it was close to home and just for like how I just said, like kind of relationship with coach. And I know I wanted my mom to come on my like games. Like it was kind of big, so I just want her. I just wanted to see her because like college, college get real boring. You know. Sometimes you don't make friends, like, 
Yeah, I just want to see my mom like every weekend, like again, every game we have. I want to see. Her. I love it. And she came. That's man, good. Happy. He knows. Man. Well, you're. I, uh, well, your coaches speak really highly of you, and I think that's pretty much, you know, your work ethic has brought you to where you are. But it sounds like you're even building your your mental capacity for the game. So I'm excited to see uh, what you do this year, because it sounds like last year was all about your own athleticism. And, you know, you grew having coaches, but now you're taking it to a whole new level. So just the way you speak. When you talk about what you plan on doing, I'm, I'm excited for the season. I started watching the end of last season because I kept seeing your stats and they kept going up and up. And I'm like, man, this kid's from the north side. I got I to gotta respect. I got to show him some love, man. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what you do. Do you – can you just speak to uh, what you've been hearing for the season coming up with uh, COVID going? Is, is there still a plan for y'all to participate? What And what does that look like? Well, obviously, like – Things are really unsure, you know, because of COVID, honestly. But I think every player kind of in college kind of doesn't know. But they, you know, they're they're still going to be prepared for the season, you know. Kind of like just like, you know, how, how our coach, you know, no matter like what happened, you know, they still want us to be prepared even, you know, because we might have a season, you know, we might not. Things might be different or we still might have it. So we still, you know, we still do our training, you know, what we gotta do, we lift, run, condition, like just just working out. Yeah, we still we still do that. Even now, like we just started this week doing stuff with the coaching, not just position stuff. We just getting closer, you know. I mean, if we don't have a season, I'm still gonna keep working at my position. And if we do, then I'll be even perfect, even better. Uh, <laughs> So what, uh, besides football, what are you studying in school? Uh, I haven't really chosen a major yet. Um, I'm kind of trying to just open my eyes up, really, like, with things. Honestly, you know, the first year of college was kind of, you know, It's a big adjustment. <laughs> um, so always, just always getting that question, you know, even, like, kind of in every class, like, you know, you know, a question always comes up every, like, in every class in college, like, Either what is your major or what do you want your major to be, you know, especially when you're a freshman. You know, I just don't know yet. You know, I only just just because, like, just growing up, you know, I only just played football. You know, I didn't really think about anything else. But, like, you know, as I'm getting older, I, I always want to play football. You know, that's just, you know, that's my first thing. But just probably just probably, probably open my I'm going to open my eyes up to, to some things, like, just to help with football, even if like that's connected with football. Cause I honestly like love football. It's not like nothing else I really kind of want to do right now. Only because my focus been on one thing, right? In my my whole life, so I want that thing I've been focusing on my whole life to continue to keep going in my life and my dreams to come true. There's no no saying that you have to choose a major. There's people that go all the way through the whole college experience and don't choose till later. And there's people that choose day one and they get that degree and they never use that degree. So as long, you know, so it's like as long as you know what you want and you're focused, the world's yours. You're, you know what I mean? It, don't worry about people asking about the major. I just, you know. For interview purposes, <laughs> wanted to ask because, what like I told my husband, I've been watching you all along because of being friends with your mom, and so I've been watching you since you were little, and I know, I know when I'm putting it out into the universe right now, because I feel it in my guts, you're gonna make it 
with your football, and we're going to be right here watching. We're trust me, we're going to be shouting out this interview that we knew you way back then because, and you better not forget about us. No, I'm just like, right. <laughs> you already know, girl. But no, I'm just playing. But we're we're just so oh, proud of you. You, uh-uh. like I said, we had to tell your story and everything because you're just. You're awesome. And I love you all so much, but I want to make sure Dub doesn't have any more questions too. Yeah. So I just, I noticed that you guys rise above and I love the attitude that when you see something, especially being in our own city, you want to make a change and a difference. And that's, that's felt that you even wanting to go to the school you went to. So what is it that you'd like to uh, leave people with that may have come from where you come from or are kind of in the thick of it, trying to figure out what they can do? For each of you, uh, you know, I tell my my little brothers at North, honestly, uh, cause they, you know, they want to do the same thing I'm doing. You know, they they look up to me, they look up to me and, and Tyler Johnson. They they see that you can make it. So I think just changing the narrative and what other people think about North, they want to be a part of that. How it used to be, you know, other people kind of we can't have it not to do it because other people aren't doing it. So just giving them like, you know, they know they can do it now. Like, you know, they if you work hard, you see what you receive when you work hard, then you know, then you know it can come. It's all up, you know, it's all up to you. And I just tell them, I tell them that all the time, like, if you want it, you just like if you want it, you gotta go get it. You can't do it because somebody else is telling you, you know, this it's all on if you wanna do it. Right. If you wanna do it, then you gotta you you gotta pin the work in. And now they see what you have to do, like just kind of giving them this, the the direction. Now they just gotta kind of do it themselves. They know the steps. They know how to do it. They they know what you gotta do. Just work hard. You know, you can go hard, but just work hard. Like you gotta work harder than a lot of people. It's not gonna come easy, especially if you wanna go Division One. That's right. And it seems to me your message, your emanating through your actions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're showing your community, like you said, your little brothers at North and your community and stuff, exactly what you said. Hard work pays off, but you have to do it. It's your own mindset. It's your own work ethic. You have to get it done and you're showing them by example. And that's the most powerful motivation anybody can have because you can tell somebody something, but when they get to see it live and in person taking place, it's such an amazing thing. So, so keep just, rising, bro. Yes, keep rising. Keep doing it. <laughs> What about you, Solana? What do you have for a message for everybody with, um, you know, your history through all this with your sons? You know what? You um, you just can't be afraid to push for your child. You know, it's not just advocating for them if somebody does something to them wrong. Absolutely. I'd like to think that I've helped Omar develop some of this work ethic um, because the main thing that I told him when we knew this was I don't want to say an insurmountable dream, but when we knew it was really, really going to be hard to get noticed from here, I told him, you know what we're going to do? We're going to, it was just this stuff. We're going to work harder than everybody else does. We don't know anybody. We don't have the politics on our side, but you know what? When we go in and we go to work, <laughs> we're just going to shut mouths. That's how I always talked to Omar. That's how we always talked. It was never, okay, baby. You know, I kept it 100 through every step. And then you can't be afraid to get on the internet. Look at the kind of technology age we live in. I didn't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I asked questions. 
with people that I trusted, we ran into some vultures that just wanted to try to capitalize off. Oh, and we didn't even have nothing yet. It was just, you know, it was a weird thing, but you have to stay by your child, stick with them through the good times, through the rough times, when they're down and out, when they don't get what they want, when shit's unfair. Sorry for the cussing. But, you know, um, I just want to tell anybody that that has, it's been amazing for me to go on the ride with him. You know, it was like, we just charted a territory that was unknown and we just went for it. And look what you get when you go for it. And we trusted God. We believe in God, you know? So our faith kept us. And, you know, I believe Omar is going to make it to the league as long as things don't, you know, get messed up with, you know, the sports and the COVID-19. Um, and I'm, you can't be a parent that's like, oh, my baby's so good. You really got to really see what it is your child has, see what they don't have and help them get the tools for it. You can't lie to yourself about it, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, I just wish anybody who wants it, you know, ask questions and um, have faith. Yeah. I also think like, I like really appreciate her because she been there through everything. Like, cause I didn't know what to do at all. Like, I was never really like a person who like spoke, like I was kind of quiet. And, but, you know, I, I, I would tell her what, what I want. Like she was the only person I would really tell. And she, just how she said, like she seen like what that I wanted it, you know, she was gonna help me in any way. I seen like what she was doing, like she would like saying, ask questions from people, just meeting people, asking questions like what to do. Even coming to North, helping me with that. Like I'll be saying this like a lot, like, she helped, like, she'd been there through school, through football, through camps. Like, she did anything she could to help and to be a part of that. Like, and, like, I appreciate that because, like, really nobody really helped me like that, you know. We're writers, man. you my baby. And then, like, I just, just like I want to say again, like, even, like, my brothers, like, at North, you know, it's kind of more than, like, football. You know, you got to, with school, because, you know, as I got older, I have to realize that was kind of important, you know, me, I wasn't, oh, I'm not, like, I've never been really the best at school, you know, and my mom, my mom would be like, this is what you got to do to get here. So even with school, she helped me with school, hooked me up with people who can help me with school because only way I could go to college is through school. My first two years of high school was like hard. I wasn't really focused on school as much and I never had somebody during that earlier year to be like really focused on school. It was just, I was kind of just, just going at it. Like with football, I wasn't even really thinking much about school. You know, I knew I needed, but it just like, it wasn't coming to me ever. I, don't th- I think when I went to North, everything changed. Not just because like, I just a new atmosphere and just a new mindset, you know? And now like, even now I'm in college, it's coming like more mature in a classroom off the classroom, just with everything, you know. If I see people, like, who not, like, on the same time as me, and not really much, like, I kind of don't want to be around that because I spent too many years in my life, like, like, like now I kind of want to just be to the top already. I, I want to hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. How old are you, Omar? Uh, 19. Okay, I thought so. Um, the other thing I wanted to stay with that is with you giving praise to your mom. And I love it so much because I know her personally and what an amazing woman she is. Another thing about your mother is she battles a lifelong illness. And doing that during all of that, 
Um, can you just tell us real quick, Solana, you know, mm-hmm. just let me know you're taking care of yourself and what that's been like for you. I mean, it's it's been quite the journey, you know, um, having lupus since I was 19. I've been through four hip surgeries. So I've had two hip replacements, um, one at 24 and then um, again at like 38, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I've gone through that. And that's a result of having a condition called avascular necrosis you know, which is kind of caused by lupus and some of the medicines um, for lupus. But um, I've actually been through, I've got, you know, I had some stents put in this past winter. Unfortunately, I had some, you know, some heart issues, but I've really been blessed to be able to have the energy. And it's really by the grace of God that I have it. And just because I just wanted to see, you know, their dreams come true in the best way that I knew how. And when I go hard for somebody that I love, it's like, I'm man, you're not going to be able to stop this train from moving, you know? So, so yeah, that's it. But no, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm surviving lupus and, um, just continuing to hope that I, you know, I, I can stay healthy so that I can, you know, be a part of all of, of, of both my sons is, you know, success and journeys. So, um, Omar, do you want to switch him back over to football kind of doing a little back and forth? <laughs> um, <laughs> What were some of your uh, biggest highlights or what you felt were accomplishments that you've received through high school and your first year of college for accolades so far? Well, in high school, uh, I seen, well, I, I would get like, uh, I got like a K-11 award. And like just I, just, I mean, I was getting accolades, but I don't know, those weren't like a big thing to me. Like, um, I've never really cared about awards, like at all. Like, it's just an award, you know. I'll just give it to my mom, like, here it is. Our house is so full of awards. I thought about moving it over to the other sides where we have everything kind of hung up and displayed. Uh, This kid was, uh, I mean, in high school, he was, uh, like you said in the beginning, um, he was the all-star game defensive MVP. He was a, he's actually a CARE 11 um, top decade player. Because now Randy Shaver does this, like, decade thing. He's um, one of the only two players from North ever in football, him and Tyler Johnson. Yeah. And um, he won the Minnesota Vikings uh, state. You know, we've got a football that was personalized. He got to go on the field for a game and be honored and announced. We've just got so many awards in the house. And then for college, he's got. Um, I got all of them. Defensive hammer award. He ended up. He got, um, like you already said, uh, all newcomer first team. He was number six on the Jerry Rice Award national um, list for freshmen. Um, There's just so many things. It was just like we couldn't have asked for a more um, mm-hmm. successful season, it's, you know. Yeah, especially freshmen. Like awards were like, like you know, some people like awards. You know, it keeps on driving. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like I'm not there yet. You know, so I'm just gonna keep driving. So I mean, I'm never gonna feel like I'm there or I'm. At the top, yeah. Even if I do make it, I'm never gonna feel like that. <laughs> I like your attitude. I like your mentality with that. So, so, so keep it up, man. You, you're on the right path for sure. Yeah, and that's so awesome. You're like, you don't even want your mom to tell us about the awards. You're like, I don't <laughs> no. care about those. But I, you know, whether you end up getting a Super Bowl ring, which I'm gonna put that out there as well. I, I, you know, I believe that you're going to keep that mentality. You're going to stay humble. You're well-rooted. You've got such a great um, base. And 
I, I believe that. I believe we're going to see you go super far and it's never going to be enough for you that you are going to keep pushing yourself because you have that mindset. You're going to be the best at whatever you do and you're doing it and you're going to do it. Mama's so, please, please keep it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm my mama's son. <laughs> That's why I said, I know you since you were yay big and you got your mama right there. I know between the two of you, Chase, your dad. Y'all good. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to watch you continue to blossom. I'm so excited. Well, y'all stay safe. And we want to thank you for your time of getting on here and doing this interview with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks so thank much you. for having us.